Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And we are back. It's Farm to the Show. I am, you know who I am at this point. I would hope so. Disabled List Hall of Famer Chris Dickerson with my buddy, friend, pal, longtime teammate, Mr. Paul Yanish, who decided to change the entire decor of his little man studio. Um, Paul's going super uh, academic as he wants to put his rice degree on mass display and uh, removed his jerseys. So I think he, within the three months that we've been doing this, it's pretty safe to say that Mr. Yanish is going the straight and narrow right now. Yeah, just trying to, uh, this is guess and check, man. You know, the the college degree, we got the history of baseball on the poster on the on the other side. We're just, we're just trying some things out, a little bit more uh, geometrically agreeing to the eye. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what it got. <laughs> But better than the uh, the, well, you get the is that what they do at Rice Geomet- geometrically? Oh, that's right. It's an architectural, uh, that's right. Oh, mechanical engineering uh, major. If you if you all don't know about Mr. Nope. Yanish, he's no 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 veto. Thought about doing engineering, freshman year didn't work out. Uh, e- economics degree, supply and demand. Um, so we're yeah. we're good because it does turn out that engineering is very difficult. This is not for everybody, bud. <laughs> yeah, it ain't for everybody. You can't. You can be at beer bike at Rice University and be an engineer at the same time, buddy. I can tell you that. I've seen that melee that you guys have, and it is. It's one of the. It's one of the all time collegiate spectacles. If you guys don't know, I suggest you guys look it up on YouTube and then imagine Mr. Paul Yanish riding around in a bike, taking beer bongs. Mixing a little, uh, there's no more, no more drinking and writing. Okay. They've changed some of the rules around here, but, uh, yeah, do a little Google search. 2023. You can't do anything fun anymore. But, uh, speaking of that, that, that's a good way to end up on the, uh, on the IL, which we got a couple of, a couple of guys that have found out judge obviously to the IL after running to the wall and, and LA, we talked about that last time and unfortunate, hopefully, um, it's, it's not something too significant. That's going to keep them off for too long, but, Obviously, we can agree that that's that's a huge blow to the Yankees team that's playing really well. Yeah, for a guy, I mean, they could easily just, you know, change that injury report to, you know, lower back tightness from carrying the Yankees for the entire month of May and, you know, the first first part of June. But I think that was something that we brought up was when we saw the catch, you know, I think we were in our our text thread and. It's not the uh, particular traditional padded wall that you have out there. There's a curb out there. Uh, Dodger Stadium, which the open gate swings met by reinforced chain link. So anytime you're getting close to that thing, like it's not going to end up, it's not going to end up real pretty. And, uh, you know, when he came up, he was a noticeable discomfort. And I think just everybody was kind of holding their breath at that time, you know, understanding that this could be something and that it couldn't be something larger, maybe that he'd come back in a day for day or two, but he was in noticeable discomfort. And I, I felt like that could have potentially been something, either a shoulder that'll put him back on the IL um, at a time where they 
can't afford to have him on the IL. It was great that he came back after the hip, you know, from from that little from that stint on the DL, and then to come back and just absolutely rake. But you you know, the thing is, from a guy who's been on the DL a lot, coming back and forth, it's just so difficult to pick up where you left off. Um, when you haven't seen live pitching, you start to get in the groove to completely reset at that point. It's uh, it's going to be tough, and he, he's going to be missed at a very a, a time when. You simply can't going into June, going into All Star break, and that AL East and in that uh, you know that cockfight of it of the AL East, it's, yeah, that gauntlet, yeah. No, it's you got to keep your head on a swivel when you get into a vicious cockfight. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, bud. Um, the other big one is obviously Degrom getting some confirmation on the uh, the Tommy John surgery. That is less than ideal for the Rangers fans out there. Um, however, the fact that they're doing what they're doing without him is very impressive. I saw what uh, Chris Young, the, the GM, came out and made a statement, obviously saying, look, this is a five-year contract. We believe that, you know, Jacob can come back and be healthy sometime next year. But at the end of the day, it, they're, they're having an unbelievable season, and this is a huge blow, man. I know that for for a guy with that kind of status um, and, and on a team that's, that's playing that well, I, that, that's got to be an emotional hit. You know, understanding that they were hoping they were going to get him for a stretch run, that, that – that really, I mean, arguably could change the dynamic of that rotation. But unfortunately, it is what it is, part of the game. But um, the, the Rangers are going to have to keep scoring a bunch of runs, bud. Yeah, and, you know, having TJ at 35, but looking at his history the last three years, I mean, hand, hamstring, shoulder, forearm, um, you know, the list goes on. And it's going to be a weird thing when you come down to that, that hall of fame discussion and, and where he's at and like the injuries, but at the end of the day, like his career ERA, what he's been able to accomplish in these years when he's healthy, it's almost like you have to bypass the bypass the, those questionable characteristics. When you look at the injury list, when he was coming out of New York, he's so good that they still kind of like, okay, when he's healthy, he's worth every, every penny. And um, you know, some people will say that the, you know, the, the, the star, the stars were, you know, the, the, the signs were there, uh, to sign him with a deal as far as he's been, you know, with his injury history. But I mean, there's nobody better. There's nobody in the game that's better in the last decade than, than Jacob deGrom when he's on the mound and he's healthy. And that's the risk that they were take that they were willing to take. And I think they are going to, you know, I don't think they're going to struggle. And I think that's a huge, that's a huge sign of positivity that they've been able to get this far and do the things that they've accomplished in that division uh, without him. But with a pitcher like that, that's what they pay him that money for is to be the absolute lights out starter that you can build the entire winning championship franchise around. And I would think if you had a guy with a DeGrom who's doing absolute shutout baseball, giving you a chance to win every fifth day, you would see a larger separation from um out in first place yeah i mean this is the kind of guy to me obviously he's a he's a huge piece during the season but for this kind of team who's trying to do what they're doing this is the kind of guy that you think about in a playoff series right like who can who can pitch the first game maybe come back later in a seven game series and pitch again those kinds of things look the, the injury is unfortunate it's plagued him for the last few years that being said you hope he gets healthy you know, the age thing for a guy that's, you know, as athletic as he is and the body type that he is, I don't think it's as big of a deal. If he, if he does his part and takes care of his, you know, from a nutritional standpoint and, and the rehab process, I, I think that he can come back 
and and be be pretty close to what he what he was before just because of the way that he's built it's not exactly we're not we're not and no offense but we're not talking about bartolo cologne you know what i mean I, who by the way pitched till he was like 44 but somebody has a yeah, terrible you example can't, you can't tear fat right. bottom line you can't tear yeah. fat buddy lance berkman told me that on first base he was like <laughs> I, you can't tear fat the guy never got never got hurt and no, um, don't let know, don't always, let hey don't let lance always get you, a whole Hey, they get a ton of crap for the big boys. Always get a ton of crap. Tommy Hunter, Lance Berkman, all the big boys. But you know yeah. what? They're healthy all year long. Yeah. Lance back, healthy. Lance they're put they're in it for the long run. Lance is put together a little better than you think. Tommy Hunter is a black belt, okay, in martial arts. Those guys were they weren't exactly sluggos. But um, anyway, going from pitchers, let, let's let's flip a little bit, bud. Let's talk about some of the pitchers that are not having the year that they had last year. So, Couple of guys that were in the in the obviously Sandy Alcantara won the won the Cy Young. Manoa, we need to talk about, just got sent down. Opening day starter for the Blue Jays, obviously not pitching well. Cease in Chicago to a certain degree. You know the White Sox have, have been struggling as a team. Obviously, I'm sure there's something to that. Um, let, let's start with Average, Manoa, yeah. man. Manoa, you know, coming off the mind um, mind boggling. Yeah, man, I can't figure it out either. Mind boggling. There's a few things to to look at, but at the end of the day, you know, he's walking more guys. He's he hasn't been as sharp with this stuff, and you know, I think there we we have to assume there's a psychological aspect that snuck in there, you know, and and just you start to question yourself, right? At the end of the day, like I know you're the opening day starter, he, you know, but but it's 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 the beginning of June, and he struggled the way that he has. I think he's for pitchers that qualify statistically been the worst pitcher in baseball up to this point, so. They sent him down to the complex in Florida. I'm curious to see what exactly that looks like. What, what do you think when he gets down there? What, 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 what? They got the pitching lab. They're going to try to, you know, revamp him, so to speak, or is it just a hey, let, let's get down there I and build build his confidence back? I don't know what it is. I think it's one of those. I think it's one of those confidence things. You know, maybe you go down there, but you know how that works. Like you can't be taking big league pictures and throw them against Florida State League guys. You know how that ends up. You've seen it. Eric Milton, Bronson Arroyo, Aaron Harang. Like back in the day when we were in camp, they take that day off. They're on the backfield. They get absolutely shelled by those young kids. Yeah. Like, like that's not where you want to be. To the fact that most pitchers don't want to go throw against young minor leaguers for whatever because, I mean, they're all around the plate. Those kids are ready to swing. So, like, like that's yeah. it's a thing. You cannot go to the backfield with the, young, with the young kids and build up confidence when you're trying to work on stuff. That's for sure. But that the I think – and I'm not going to like comment on the body type, but we're talking about the what we are because it's relevant to the conversation. You know, we're talking about Chris Sale, who's going back on the IL, tall, lanky, you know, injuries again, injury prone the last the last couple of years. Degrom, same thing, tall, lanky. Manoa having you know, I don't know what his workout routine or what his fitness level is like, but early consensus was is that he was really struggling with the pitch clock and having to recover. Yeah. Last year, he was third worst, third slowest. I mean, Otani was pretty slow, but Alex Manoa is one of the slowest in as far as getting off pitches. And now you have to turn around and deal with the pitch clock. I think that is a significant uh, significant issue in which he has to function where he can't just be out there just taking his time. And if you're not conditioned to to move at that pace, you're, you're gonna, your stuff is going to significantly suffer. So that was early consensus, but... Um, you know, I think I think that may play a role. But again, when you look at the breakdown, getting over first pick strikes, which he struggle, he's been behind the count most of the time. Most of the time, he's not getting off speed over early yeah. in the count. 
I mean, the list goes on when you have this, you know, essentially this plethora that we've seen of, of, of these, these statistics that rank at the bottom of the league. So I don't know where you go from there. It's one thing where you're just not getting ahead or, you know, you're leaving balls up in the zone. Like Dylan Cease in Chicago has been, has been struggling. He led the, he was one of the leaders in the AL strikeout last year. He was came runner up for the Cy Young award and he's been struggling. And I think this started in spring training where you saw some, some, some flashes of him getting in trouble where he was leaving the ball up. He wasn't locating the curveball, which is a devastating pitch. Yeah. And I just don't think he's ever come back with it. But I think and it's also tough with with that Chicago staff who has really good pitching, who's been struggling. Lucas Giolito, who's a, a Cy Young Award winner or uh, candidate at one point. Yeah. He's rolling out a four. Dylan's rolling out a four. Lance Lynn has been struggling. Michael Kopech, who is struggling, you know, at a time at, at some time, has just been getting absolute nukes hit off of him. You know, it's it's tough when there's this break, this this group break in confidence. And I think that's what we're seeing with Cease in Chicago is that, and, and Lucas did a great job, six, six innings, shutout ball, um, two walks, seven strikeouts. And so I, I don't know, it's just weird. Like, I don't know why I feel like this affinity for the White Sox, but with that team, I feel like they can win and having Lucas and Dylan at the top of that rotation, I feel like they can do better. Um, but with that Toronto team, it's like, he was such a key piece and to have this just absolutely fall apart for him to get sent down, not just to triple a, but I mean, sent all the way back for like full reevaluation. And that's, oh, that is a mind, that is a mind boggler for both organization and player that, all right, what are we looking at? Where do we need to get him back to? Yeah, to get I, that confidence back, is it the stuff? Are we putting them on the camera? And then at that point, the worst thing is you feel like a science project. Yeah, I, think I think that's the that, toughest part. That side of it, because you, we can agree, right? Like you're struggling offensively, which you and I can can attest to. You go in the cage, dude. You're you're having trouble squaring up flips, right? At times, because you're you're so domed up, you're thinking too much. I I, I got to believe it's something similar. Um, I think both of those guys that we're talking about, I, I, we can touch on Alcantara as well, but. It's there. There's an element of that too that's got to be. He's been sent out. Okay, he's he's been punched. Last year, for all intents and purposes, now it was an unbelievable year for those two guys, right? But that was their first real put it together year, and now they're coming back. And this is a little bit of a sophomore deal. You, I mean, there's obviously all the you know advanced scouting and all of the video and all the stuff, right? Like if those guys aren't still sharp now, to me, Cease has different stuff to your point. Like he throws the ball harder, the breaking balls. If he throws that where he wants to, it's, it's different. I think Mano's got a little bit, be a little bit sharper, but that being said, you get that chink in the armor and you know, it's, again, it goes back to it, man. It's a delicate thing. It's a delicate thing. I, I'm curious to see how he responds and what, what is the time frame? Cause I saw some of the stuff that, you know, John Schneider, the, the manager said who handled it great, but, Where's his head at? Because now you're, you're you are the opening day starter. You're you're not. You're, you're, not in, you're not. You're not in the big leagues, man. It's you're back in the semi pros, and you got to figure out a way to get to get right and and get back on to the deal. I mean, if I'm if I'm those guys and had the years that they had last year, my mind's moving down the road of like I'm trying to almost think I'm trying to make an all star yeah. game again. I'm trying to yeah. like be on TV, but, mic'd up, like being the right. dude. Like yep, yep. You so, know him and him and him mic'd up all-star game los angeles like he was a dude last year and yep. then you know the off season goes through and you know i'm not going to say it's like one of those movie things where it's like uh you know we're coming back for 
freaking uh, Major League Two and, you know, Wild Thing Vaughn gets all Hollywood sure. and comes back, you know, throwing 92, you know, a- AWR type of stuff. But um, I think that's the most frustrating thing is especially for like Blue Jays fans or like we have this team and like, how does this happen? Yeah. Where Where's this head at? And and what do we do? How do we proceed from here? But it's rough, man. I It's you have to imagine when you do that, it's like, all right, what am I not doing? Am I not finishing here? Am I opening up early? Am I not yep. getting the drive? Like that will send you down a rabbit hole. And that's the worst possible yep. thing. And like you said, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't have said it better. You get in the cage after the game and you're, you know, doing inside out toss and you're popping the ball straight up and sitting back. I'm like, bro, everybody's going home and you're still in there just like, and then you're going back on the screen. Right. Yep. I think this is a really interesting case of like this not just the mental fortitude about but just understanding the basics and getting back to the basics and then moving forward because it's it's tough man and i I, this is baseball and it goes for pitchers too and i think that's the most interesting thing about this conversation today is that we just think about slumps for from a hitter standpoint the five for 30s the one for the one for 31s the five for 50s like it goes for pitchers too. And when it happens, like your brain is all over the place. It's like, what, where, where do I have to do to, to get back? Well, and that's the toughest thing. It's like our friend Johnny Gomes said though, at the end of the day, it's a results driven business. And so it's about results and it's, it's a hard game. Like you said, it's a hard game. Um, Alcantara, I think is different though, man. I think he's getting a little bit of, uh, uh, he's a ground ball guy. There's throwing a ton of strikes. He's walking more guys this year than he did, but it's not egregious. But I think at the end of the day, he's giving up more. He's, allowing more base runners. I think some of that has to do with the shift. Um, he's a little less cause for concern because, again, the stuff is still very good. Stuff. And, 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 Him and Dylan, that, the stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's that, that's going to come back. When, when they when they kind of, you know, they find their focal point or whatever the case is and they get kind of locked back in, they're, they're an aha moment away from being the best pitcher in the league for, for a month. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, both of them, I think that, like you said, you have to be a little bit sharp, sharper. You have to be a little bit more crafty, you know, throwing that curveball, the slider over for first pitch. But if you watch Sandy and Dylan pitch, they can get away on two pitches. It's 96, yeah. 97, absolute hammer. Sandy on the other end, 90, 98, 97 to 100 with a 91 yeah. mile per hour changeup. They need two pitches to do this. And if you look at Sandy last year, a lot of it was pitched into contact from a lot of balls that were getting rolled, rolled over. Um, you know, hitting off the end of the bat because it's just enough uh, discrepancy in that hundred to that to that changeup to where balls are going to get and put in play. He doesn't necessarily have full on swing and miss stuff like Dylan with the curveball, but still, he's super super effective. And like you said, he's one aha moment away. But where is that? Like you know, that it's just yeah. going to come with one good swing. And if you're a hitter, it's just like all right, pitch by pitch. And it's so easy to say we're, we're sitting here on a microphone. I'm sitting here on three microphones. Two of them aren't even plugged in. And I'm saying that that's what it is. It's like results. Let's just don't worry about the results. Like just go with what yeah. where, where you're at and execute each pitch, pitch by pitch. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a tough dynamic. It's hopefully those, at least for, you know, Marlins and White Sox fans and Blue Jays fans for that matter, those guys get it figured out. Um, Hey, Flippin, let, let's talk about one of the most exciting guys, potentially, uh, call-ups of the year, and that's Ellie De La Cruz in Cincinnati, who, by the way, the uh, the Rojos are, are playing good, man, for about a month now. 
Um, they we they got McLean up. He's playing short every day. De La Cruz is up. I think he's going to play third most time. We'll we'll see how that how that unfolds. But this kid gets called up. I think his first hit was 112 miles an hour into the gap. I know he just hit his first homer. I think the other night. Um, to the in the in the river, he probably hit one of those 500 so, pound cat mutant catfish for sure. So he's 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 like a six five six six type just freak, right? Like he's he an is, avatar. He's, he's an avatar. Type, he's, he reminds yeah. me of Gregory Polanco. Gregory Polanco when he came up, yeah. he's six yeah. five, gangly, looks like like a like BJ Samansky. Nobody knows who BJ is, but if you the body type, just freak athleticism, long, gangly, looks out of control, but. The power, the talent, the five tools, like it's all there. And when he yep. gets on the bases, it, it he looks like a legit avatar. He's got the dreads going, stupid pop, stupid, stupid speed. He's throwing a hundred across a diamond, like a yep. like a young 24-year-old Paul Yanish. Mm. And um, I mean, it's exciting. And what what has been your experience with with playing with with phenoms, where you get so, into that upper echelon of top five prospects that come in after these long-awaited debuts? Yeah. So the, the couple for me, I, I was in Atlanta when Freddie and Freddie Freeman and, and Jason Hayward were young. You know, it's it's obviously it's exciting for the fan base. To me, a, a big part of that is at that time you had Chipper Jones, you had Brian McCann, you had. Eric Kinski was on those teams. Like it, it, there's the a big part rhino. of that. That's right. That's right. But the veteran leadership ushering those guys in to kind of like teach them the way I think is a pretty significant factor. It's interesting in Cincinnati right now, you got, you got some older guys, but nobody, I mean, Joey's been on the, on the IO. He's, He's obviously been there for a long right time. Now. Right. Will Myers has been around for a long time. Not necessarily Cincinnati cog, obviously first year there, but it'll be interesting to see. Cause right now they're, they're, they're really capitalizing on, uh, on on some some mojo there and since he did with, with this these young players up and they're playing good they don't know any better man uh, i think it's pretty cool pretty cool to see and talent is not the issue both of those guys are, are, are supremely talented de la cruz obviously is in a, a realm of his own it, him and maybe o'neill cruz are the the two guys that kind of can do some of the same stuff but um re- almost really identical fun. yeah no no very similar um but i think it's a significant factor the 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 way that the they they get to the big leagues they're going to play good because they're talented but on the flip side of that on the back side of that rather you know understanding how you how you carry yourself how you from a routine standpoint maintain i, I think that's going to be a significant factor but right now they need to ride the wave dude because everything is going good and they are rolling yeah um you know you were there when jay got called up and jay I, i've talked about this on the show jay was the one of the first Joey technically was the first phenom that I saw where it's like, you know, you're an A ball and you're like, all right, this kid is so much different. He's way ahead of the curve. Jay was next. Jay came up in Cincinnati, had a record setting uh, first couple of games, first five games. I think he had, he's the first player, first MLB rookie come up to have three multi, one of seven players. I say that because I was the eighth player to have three multi hit games in his first five games. Um, But Jay was just, Jay was an absolute nightmare uh, when he got called up and, you know, highly, highly touted prospect. Uh, I experienced the same thing with Manny uh, the year after his, his short debut in 2012 and 2013. And it's just, they're a different breed and, you know, coming in humble, you know, having, having, but again, you go back to having that, that, for that presence, you know, Manny had Adam Jones, he had JJ Hardy, Matt Wieters, 
Darren O'Day, like these guys were solidified in the league. Great dudes, great captains, great ambassadors of the game and how to play. Um, just playing like this hard nosed Baltimore away, which was uh, which was which was huge with, you know, Manny early in his career. But um, with uh, with with what he's got going on in Cincinnati, uh, with Joey out driving a bus right now, um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he continues to do. But another episode in the books, Farm to the Show. I'm Chris Dickerson, Paul Yanish. If you're watching this on YouTube, go leave us a like, go leave us a subscribe, go leave us some comments, see where we're at. Let us talk to the people where this is a show of the people. Until the next time, we will see you later. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.